And welcome to Listen, St. Benedict Speaks Today, a discussion of the rule of St. Benedict with the Sisters of Mount St. Scholastica in Atchison, Kansas. I'm Sister Molly Brockwell. And I'm novice Jennifer Halling. And our guest today is Sister Thomasita Homan, an Oblate Director, Writer, and Retreat Leader. Hello to all listeners. I look forward to exploring the rule of St. Benedict with you. Today, we'll be discussing verses 35 to 38 of the prologue to the rule of St. Benedict. Jennifer, would you read that for us? Sure. Verses 38, 35 to 38 of the prologue read as follows. The Lord waits for us daily to translate into action, as we should, his holy teachings. Therefore, our lifespan has been lengthened by way of a truce that we may amend our misdeeds. As the Apostle says, Do you not know that the patience of God is leading you to repent? Romans 2, 4 And indeed, the Lord assures us in his love, I do not wish the death of the sinner, but that he turn back to me and live. Ezekiel 33, 11 Sister Thomasita, how does St. Benedict help us to translate God's holy teachings into action? Well, I think Benedict tries to teach us to listen by um, a special little formula he has, listening with the ear of the heart. And he uses this image of listening throughout his rule. So already in the prologue, Benedict emphasizes the need to listen Listen how, with the ear of our heart, listen deeply to God, to one another, to life, to nature, to world needs. God speaks in many voices. We discover new ways each day. If we really listen, we may be prompted to respond, to act. So for example, the Lord teaches us to feed the hungry. With God's grace, we may translate that teaching when we help in a food kitchen or if we donate to world hunger. Mm. My Danish grandmother used to say, hear me, heed me. I'd like to think of that when we translate a teaching into action. It's as if God and Benedict are saying, hear me, heed me, do more than just listen. I like the way that you mentioned listening to many voices, um, not just God or other people, but of nature too. Yes, and I think we have to take time for that because the voices are there and we aren't mentally at times or with our whole heart. Um, but we've all experienced having a time out in the outside or a time alone and listening and finding out things we never would have imagined before. 
I also was wondering, you know, in St. Benedict's time, his monks didn't really go out and do ministry. What kind of action do you think St. Benedict had in mind for his monks? Well, of course, they uh, made their baskets while they were praying, and they had kitchen duties, Mm-hmm. And they had, um, I'm sure they had to clean their places up just like we do, mm-hmm. their rooms, their cells. <laughs> yes. And I, I also think that they had some scholarly work. Uh, not the way we do, not the libraries we have, but they did have a reader that would read to them and they could discuss what was being done. And that discussion is also a way of responding to God's call in God's presence, I think. St. Benedict says that our lives will be lengthened so we may amend our misdeeds. Why then does Benedict have such a sense of urgency? Don't we have all the time we need? That's an interesting question. Um, First of all, he does have a sense of urgency. He uses the word run four times in his prologue alone. Mm -hmm. That is urgency. Run, he says, while you have the light of life. So we're alive, and so we run. But does he mean this as a marathon run to eternal life? No. Benedict understands human beings and human nature. We all have ups and downs. We all have runs and rests. We make mistakes, we get up, we make more mistakes, get up again. But I think he needs, he means that we need to be sincere about getting up and running. Benedict knows God understands us better than we know ourselves. And that God's love stretches our time, or as Benedict says, our lives are lengthened. There's definitely a need for both, I think. Uh, The loving urgency on our part and God's loving generosity. Actually, this um, particular part reminds me of my first days in community when I read the rule and we discussed it lightly, the prologue lightly, and I went back to that reading and the translation we used then was as we advance in religious life and in faith, our hearts expand. Mm. I liked the expand idea because I was Mm -hmm. a runner and I get that second wind and Mm -hmm. then I think, hmm. So uh, that worked. But the last part of that same sentence says, um, we run the way of God's commandments with unspeakable sweetness of love. Now, um, as an 18-year-old, I thought, well, if I do everything the way I should be doing, the way the rule is, it's written for me to read and to follow, I will be probably about 40 years old when I find out that (laughs) (laughs) when I have reached unspeakable sweetness of love for the rest of my life. Well, I found out God stretched out that time, Mm. and I have to run a little longer, Mm -hmm. Um, but... uh, That's one of my favorite images of this part of the rule. We do have those moments of unspeakable sweetness, though, that come. It's not all unspeakable sweetness. (laughs) God's timing. (laughs) 
So how can we learn to trust in the patience of God as we face our need for repentance? As a starter, I think we need to reflect on the patience of God. Actually think about it. Um, God is love itself. Love is patience. We might reflect on the scriptural words, and I love this quote, beneath the everlasting arms. Beneath the everlasting arms. To have God's arms patiently holding us in our weakness may move us toward trust. We need to be realistic. We make wrong choices at times. I think it takes a lifetime to learn to trust the patience of God, <laughs> to continue the cycle of reflection and forgiveness each day, each time. Uh, it's, I think, definitely our openness to the grace of God that helps us learn trust. So actually it's God, but we have to be open to receive that. And sometimes it's harder and sometimes it comes more easily. What image of God does St. Benedict give us in verses 35 to 38 of the prologue? Well, the image that came to mind first was that God was a great big something that was patience, that was just complete patience. Because I think I found that out in my own life, and I think we found it out in community. Uh, Benedict uses a strong and tender image of God. Both of those words, strong and tender, I think are very important because they show us that God is loving, or God is love itself. God is kindness. God is patience. God is generous. God is supportive. God is always present even when we can't perceive God. And God yearns for all of our attention. God yearns for full presence in time and in eternity. And if, if we can remember that, we just need to be open to living and responding with that trust that is God. And it does take a lifetime. And God, that's why God stretches it into a lifetime. That's a very nice image that God yearns for us. Like we find it so sometimes, I think, when we least expect it. We think we're just yearning for God, and suddenly we feel and know deep in our heart that there's God. It's because God yearns for us. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful, beautiful thought. Well, with that... We need to close for today. Thank you very much, Sister Tomasita, for sharing your insights with us. You're very welcome. Listen, St. Benedict Speaks Today is a production of Mount St. Scholastica in Atchison, Kansas. Production assistance was provided by Mary Manicki. The translation of the rule of St. Benedict that we used in this podcast is RB 1980, published by Liturgical Press. 
Our theme music was composed by Sister Susan Barber and was performed by the Sisters of Mount St. Scholastica. We invite you to learn more about the Mount community by visiting our website at www.mountosb.org. Thank you for listening.